Today we celebrate Father's Day and we pray for all fathers. We give thanks for our Father here on earth, either if he's alive or already with the Lord. Either way, we pray in thanksgiving for his life and his ministry. A good father should combine two characteristics that seem to be in opposition. On one side, a good father should exercise authority to strengthen and to confirm others. This means that he should be able to say no when it's needed, to lead, to confirm, to compliment, to, to be assertive, to strengthen others, especially when they feel weak. So in a way, he should be a symbol of leadership, of strength and authority used in a good way not for his own sake, but for the sake of others. But at the same time, a good father and father should complement this um, authority and respect with, with love. They should be forgiven, they should be compassionate, they should be attentive, they should lead, but they should listen. So if a father combines both, he's at the same time respected and loved. And this is difficult to integrate in one person. Some people exercise more authority, but they end being too strong. They lack compassion. They do not listen. They're so driven that they don't pay attention to others. On the other side, other people fail on the side of weakness. They are not assertive enough. They don't make decisions, they depend too much on the opinions of others. So you get the point. The good news is that in God, both are perfectly integrated. God is at the same time powerful and loving, respected and loved. That's what Jesus says today about his Father in heaven. Jesus came to show us who the Father is. And in this gospel, he shows how God should at the same time be respected and in a sense feared. Now I'm going to explain how. But also, he is someone who is loving and attentive. Jesus sends the disciples on mission. We read Matthew 10. And he says, do not be afraid of human rejection. He says, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in Gehenna. So Jesus says, do not be afraid of those who can kill the body. They will persecute you and maybe they will even kill you. They will take your physical life, but they cannot take your soul. They cannot take your inner freedom, he says. However, be afraid of the one who can destroy body and soul. It's a challenge in line of the gospel because Jesus is referring to God the Father. Why does he say that we should be afraid of God? I think we should not think that we should be afraid of God as we are afraid of someone who is evil. I think what Jesus is referring is this um, gift of the Holy Spirit that we call the fear of God, the awe of God. Basically, it's 
this call to have respect for God and for his otherness and for his holiness. Reverence for the creator of the world. Awe before his holy presence. He runs the universe. He's a just judge. He's completely transcendent. He's strong. He has power. So we should have a respect. We should honor him. We should have awe before the presence of God or the gift of the Holy Spirit, the fear of the Lord that is the beginning of wisdom. But at the same time, Jesus says, he's your father who loves you. He's your father who knows you. He has counted all your hairs. What does it mean? Not that God the Father is boring and has nothing to do rather than run this messy universe and keep all the planets straight and he's counting your hairs. It means this intimate, personal, complete knowledge that the Father has of your life. It means this attentive love that this creator of the universe has for you, his beloved son and his beloved daughter. He has counted all your hairs. His knowledge of you is so precise and so intimate. He knows what you had for breakfast today, if you had sugar on your coffee or creamer or whatever. He knows you, says Jesus. And then not only he knows you, he loves you. And not two sparrows sold for a small coin. Yet no one falls to the ground without your father's knowledge. Do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. So if God values the birds in the fields, how much more your life? So Jesus is saying, God is your father and you should respect him but also you should trust in him. You should believe in his love for you. If you don't have both attitudes toward God, something gets out of place. Without reverence and respect, your relationship with God can be too casual. You can fall into the everything goes mentality. God is a great grandpa that will forgive everything. He doesn't challenge you to change. And we do, not, we do not honor him with the respect he deserves. But without trust or love, your relationship with God can be too strict or fearful or legalistic. You can relate to God the Father as someone um, with whom maybe you do things to earn his love. So both are needed, respect and love. This is what we see in this beautiful book of the Chronicles of Narnia. I haven't said Louis for a while, so he deserves one portion of the homily. Louis says in the Chronicles of Narnia that Jesus, or Aslan, the lion, is at the same time the lion of Judah and, and also the lamb. He is powerful. Before him, your knees are, will knock, are knocking, says Mr. Beaver to Susan. He's not safe. 
Even if you are very brave, you will feel respect. Unless you are silly, you will have some fear of Aslan. But also, he's good. Lucy and Edmund and Susan can approach, play, befriend him. He's the lion and the lamb. Jesus is the image of the Father on earth. As lion, he has power. He challenges Peter to grow. He confronts the Pharisees. He calms the storm with his voice. He commands demons to be gone. He has authority and strength. He's the king of kings. He's not just nice or safe. But also he's the lamb. He forgives sins. He's compassionate before the crowd. He cries before Lazarus' death. He prepares breakfast for his friends. He's always able to stop even when he has a mission in mind. He tells his friends, I love you, in an open way. Jesus combines these seemingly opposed virtues and he makes a perfect synthesis. That's why he was respected and loved at the same time. So how to apply this attitudes. One, in your relationship with God, which one should you strengthen? Should you grow into the notion of God as king, as lion, and deepen your sense of reverence and respect for God? Or should you strengthen him as a friend, as a lamb, as a father in Luke 15 who forgives? And for those who are fathers, which side should you strengthen? If you are too strong, more like a lion, should you listen more? Should you be more flexible? Should you pay more attention to people rather than tasks? Should you express more affection? If you are more like the lamb, should you be more assertive, more decisive, confirm others? Either way, the Father in heaven loves you. And he wants you to be his instrument. He will compensate for what we lack. And for all of us, as we come to this Mass, let us be mindful. He is king. He is lion. He's strong. He can strengthen us. He holds the universe in his hand. Nothing is more powerful than him. We should bow down in worship. Demons and storm, storms tremble before him. But he's the lamb. He's a forgiving father. He takes on our weakness. He pays attention to us. And he comes to our hearts in the Holy Eucharist.